From Mediacorp and One Up Media, this is Post Love. Essays on love, life, and everything in between. I'm 28, but I'm dating a NS boy. He couldn't hide it from me, not even under a baseball cap. It was crystal clear he was just a boy. And lucky for him, I was there, waiting for my friends. Can I get you a drink? I smiled and gently rested my hand on his shoulder, curious about his reaction. Playfully, I asked, And what if I wanted a drink with gold flakes? Hmm. Well, I just have to dig for some gold then. (laughs) He had a great sense of humour. But take it from me, you don't date a guy who's in national service. I've had my share of dates with army boys, trust me. But back then, I was pretty much a kid myself. At 19, there's this allure, you know? Your boyfriend's joining the military, stepping into those big black boots. And oh, especially when he's training to be an officer. Why, yes sir. It gets even better when he invites you to the commissioning ball. Nothing beats seeing your guy, for the first time, in a sharp formal suit. And nothing beats his jaw dropping when he sees you in a gown. I'm not kidding, but back then, it felt like we were taking an irreversible step into adulthood. Totally convinced we were ready for forever. In hindsight, I can say that we were only caught up in the moment and completely kidding ourselves. Because from that point on, it's a steady slide downhill. Time ticks on and you both change, but not in a good way. I couldn't understand him anymore, not even a bit. His stories, all about trenches and endless marches, started to sound like one big complaint. And him? He just couldn't see where I was coming from. The stress of finding an internship, the constant questioning of my worth as a working adult, it was like his helmet was blocking everything out. Our relationship crumbled. And when he was late again for our date, for the third time, thanks to his all-over-the-place army schedule, that was it. I knew it was over. You were never going to see eye to eye. That's why I'm done with army guys. It's not on them. And I'm definitely not putting myself through this ever again. At the bar, the boy with the bus cut kept trying his luck. So wait, you're 28 years old. 
more like 28 years young. You don't look a day over 21. He shot back a bit too swiftly. <laughs> Cute. He actually thinks he stands a chance. <laughs> right. You need to work on your lines. Or should I call it Riz? He blushed, clearly embarrassed. Sorry, I'm just not great at this. I just thought you were beautiful and wanted to say hi. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Beneath my cringing, there was something about his honest clumsiness that got to me. Maybe I'll give him one shot. Tell you what, give me one good reason why I should give you my number. If it's convincing enough, I'll consider it. He was up against a high bar. Back in my university days, I wasn't short on attention. This isn't an exaggeration, but the lines died out simply because hitting on the prettiest girl became too cliché. His nervousness was blatant, forehead and no shiny with sweat. This was clearly a big deal for him. He began hesitantly. You know, if you saw someone really cute, would you just go up and talk to them? Or is that too forward? His question caught me off guard. It was kind of matter, yet so relatable. He was definitely sincere. I pondered for a moment, silently. Reason one, I was curious to see his reaction if I gave him my number. Reason two, I wasn't looking for anything serious. And reason three, well, he did seem like a genuinely nice guy. Maintaining eye contact, which he shyly avoided, I gently took his right hand. I noticed his eyes, filled with disbelief, met mine as I subtly let a finger slide between his. Then, taking my time, I began to write my number on his palm. Once done, he looked at it in utter disbelief, then back at me. Thank you. I'm Ronald, by the way. And, uh, I won't misuse it. <laughs> I'm Leanne, and I hope not. I responded, smiling warmly. His earnestness was somehow charming. I mean, who even says, I won't misuse it? That very night, he texted me. And before long, we found ourselves in the back and forth of texting. I wasn't expecting it to lead anywhere, really. To me, it was mostly fun. He'd listen as I vented about work. And even though I was pretty sure most of it went over his head, his replies were thoughtful, almost as if he got it. In the midst of my rants, in our casual banter, he somehow coaxed me into an actual date, a chicken rice tour across Singapore. Turns out we both had a thing for food and fitness. So he mapped out this walking date, a 10-kilometer hike past what he claimed were three of Singapore's best chicken rice spots. Our first stop was the classic Tian Tian at Maxwell Food Center. He said it was all about calibrating our taste buds before we begin. 
Then, we strolled along the Singapore River, making our way to Purvis Street to check out Chin Chin, one of the oldest chicken rice joints in town. Walking and talking, I found myself unexpectedly enjoying his army tales. We had this route march, kind of like the mirth, he said. I had to run with a 20kg weight, fast marching through this tiring route. The Murph is a CrossFit workout. A mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and another mile run. Initially, I couldn't quite figure out what it was about him that was so captivating. But then, it became clear. Throughout our date, I was his entire focus. Every comment, every gesture felt tailored to something I'd mentioned casually. His earnest effort to impress me was obvious. I mean, who even talks about the army in the context of CrossFit? If he keeps this up, who knows? We might just end up dating for real. Three months later, he asked me nervously for a date out by the Singapore River. The night was warm, the lights from the city reflecting on the water, creating a romantic atmosphere. He was looking out over the river with a serious expression I hadn't seen before. He began, unsteadily. So, uh, we've been seeing each other for a while, and I really like you, and I hope you like me back, so I wanted to ask you today if maybe... You'd be my girlfriend? I felt a mix of amusement and surprise. But before I could respond, he held up his hand. But there's something I need to tell you first. It's important, and I understand if it changes things for you. I braced myself, my mind racing through the worst possibilities. Was he already in a relationship? Did he have a secret life? My imagination ran wild. He took a deep breath. I'm a virgin, and I understand if that's a deal breaker for you. Wait, what? I was taken aback by the weight he seemed to give it. His face was a mixture of vulnerability and fear, as if he expected me to walk away right then and there. I took a breath. Is that all? He nodded, looking down at his feet. Yeah, I just... I didn't want to start something with you without being honest. I understand if it's an issue. I couldn't help but smile, touched by his sincerity. I took a step closer to him. Listen, it's not a problem for me. I like you for who you are, not for your experience or lack thereof. It's actually kind of sweet. His eyes lit up, a mixture of disbelief and relief washing over his face. Really? You're not just saying that? (laughs) Really? I think it's brave of you to tell me. And maybe we can solve your inexperience together? He looked up, eyes widening. Wait, we? So is that a yes then, to being my girlfriend? I nodded, my smile matching his. A moment pure and innocent, captured under the glow of the Singapore skyline. 
Months later, I was out with my friends at our favourite downtown bar. The music was lively and the atmosphere buzzed with Friday night energy. We were all catching up, laughing and enjoying the evening. It was then that my friend Jason and I decided to head to the bar to grab a round of beers for the group. As we queued, I couldn't help but notice the bartender taking an unusually long time to refill the pitchers. Without thinking, I muttered to Jason softly, This bartender, Chao Keng, sir. Jason turned to me, a look of shock quickly morphing into laughter. Did you just use an army term? Since when did you start talking like that? I blushed, realizing how out of character it sounded coming from me. Well, you see, I've been dating this guy. He's in the army. Jason's laughter grew louder. <laughs> oh. You? Dating a young army boy? That's definitely not going to last. I couldn't help but laugh at the absurdity of it as well. <laughs> it's true. Army relationships were hilariously doomed to fail. But Jason wasn't just teasing about that. He went on. You've always hated the army. What's that that you always say? The army is where our brains go to rot? I don't hate the army. Jason was relentless, still chuckling. Hey. No, you do. You always tuned out whenever we started talking about army stuff. Thankfully, the conversation took a light-hearted turn after we had our drinks. But I couldn't shake off the hint of lingering embarrassment. Did I really tell my guy friends that their brains were rotting there? Was I that sort of person? On our next date, I had to ask Ronald about this. I began, trying to sound nonchalant. I've been thinking, what are some things about me that you don't like? You know, my weaknesses or habits that might annoy you? He looked at me, surprised by the sudden shift in the conversation. Nothing, really. I like you just the way you are. But I persisted. I had to uncover any subtle traces of the army hater my friend claimed I was. Come on, there must be something. I just want to know so I can be better. Well, if I really have to nitpick... Sometimes when you talk about your work, it goes over my head. I think that's because you get really into the details and I honestly just can't keep up. I nodded, acknowledging his point. Then he added, And, uh, you've been late for our last three dates. I mean, I know it's because of work and it's really not a big deal, but I'm only saying... He quickly reassured me. Honestly, these things don't bother me. I wasn't keeping score or anything. I just love spending time with you regardless. His words made me pause and reflect. It struck me that these minor annoyances he mentioned were eerily similar to the issues I had with my ex-army boyfriend, but in reverse. Why are you talking about the army again? Can we talk about something else? Why are you late? I don't get it. 
Why can't you book out on time? Maybe we should break up. Perhaps I was really self-centered. And now I'm being the exact same person to Ronald. Gosh, have I even grown since I was 19? Ronald paused for a moment. He must have realized that I was now unusually quiet. Nervously, he burst. I'm sorry. I realize my words must have upset you. Um, this is actually my first relationship and to be honest, I'm kind of winging it. When you asked that question, I wasn't really sure what you were looking for. I'm just, I'm just really sorry for... No, it's not about that. I just... I met a friend the other day. I explained the encounter and the insecurities I felt. It was clear to me that something inside me was inherently and deeply selfish. Ronald listened quietly, paused, mumbled a little, then replied. I'm not sure what to say. It all seems so impossible, you know? Like I've been late before because of army schedules and you never really got mad at me. So if what your friend is saying is true, I feel you would have ended things with me already. Maybe you've changed since then? Ronald's simple yet profound response stirred deep feelings within me. It dawned on me how he saw me without the burdens of my past, a refreshing change from my self-imposed rule of avoiding army men. This rule, once a protective shield, now felt more like a shackle to past heartaches. I realized my no-army-guys rule was a self-sabotage, a barrier against new and possibly joyous experiences. Holding on to it, meant letting past fears dictate my future. With Ronald, I found the courage to break away from these past constraints. Our relationship became a rebellion against my own narratives, a refusal to let past sorrows overshadow future happiness. It was a rewriting of my story, with a future unbound by the past. Standing at my doorstep that night, I realized something within me shifted. And this time, it was me fumbling. Ronald, I... I... He gripped my hand tight, then smiled. <laughs> now you know how I feel. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Post Love, brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by OneUp Media. If you would like to share some feedback or share your own stories, drop us an email. Our email is found in the description. This episode is produced by Guang Jin, script by RC, edited by Alex, audio experience by Ethan Sam, additional engineering by Ashley from OneUp Media, voiced by Gloria. Special thanks to executive producer Danny Cordy from MediaCorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Post Love.